You're listening to the Watched It in the 80s podcast. everyone i'm damien and i'm jamie and welcome back to watch it in the 80s a podcast where we talk about movies and tv from that great decade known as the 80s and happy halloween yay yay and jay yep there she is jamie's back um she's of course it's it's halloween time it's horror movie time gotta have jamie back uh, <laughs> how, how you been jamie been good it's my season i'm enjoying it yeah <laughs> and the weather's been great too yeah i hit a haunted house last night Oh, awesome. Yeah, we did one a couple weeks ago, actually four at the local amusement park. They added them this year, and it was uh, it was a blast. They were really well done. Nice. And in the spirit of Halloween, we are covering Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, which was released October 22nd, 1982. It was written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace and starred Tom Atkins, Dan O'Hurley, and Stacey Nelkin. But before we get started, uh, Jamie, I thought I'd give you a chance to... Let everybody know what you've been up to podcasting uh, lately. I, I know I haven't recorded with you in quite some time. Probably, gosh, was it before the summer when we did Army of Darkness, maybe? That might have been it. I, I don't know. It's been a long time. So uh, Yeah, it was Army of Darkness, and then we did uh, Evil Dead. Or no, Army of Darkness was the last one we did, yeah. Yeah. So what have you, what have you been up to? I know you've been, uh, you've been busy lately. Uh, Podcastica on the Podcastica network uh, i've been covering sandman with mark we just wrapped up our the last episode so if you watch that show and uh i've talked to a lot of people who haven't read the comic and they need a little bit of help with the show so if you're curious about anything that's going on with the show need a little bit of help with it um check out our podcast on podcastica it's called the sandman cast very original and um, we help you through the episodes and explain stuff that might not be super obvious nice i will make sure to put that in the show notes too so everyone can just find their way to that uh, to that pretty easy. Uh, let's go ahead and, and before we get started in the uh, the cast notes, we'll talk about a plot summary here. In Los Angeles, when the patient Harry Grimbridge is murdered in the hospital by a man that commits suicide in his car in the parking lot, Doctor Daniel Chalice is intrigued with the case. Soon, Harry's daughter Ellie Grimbridge comes to the hospital and decides to investigate what has happened to her father following his last steps. Dr. Chalice offers to help her, and they drive to Santa Mira, a small town where the factory of masks, silver factory of masks, silver shamrock is based, and last placed where Harry had, and was the last place where Harry had been had been. They witness strange things in Santa Mira and meet the silver shamrock's owner, Connell Cochran. I think it's Connell. Connell Cochran. Yeah, they proceed their investigation and learn dreadful secrets about Cochran, his factory, and the Halloween masks. And that is courtesy of Claudio Carvalho uh, off of IMDb. So, yeah, that's pretty much the gist of it. There's some bad things going down in Santa Mira, and there's some crazy things going down at this guy's, uh, this doctor's hospital. And he just wants to find, uh, get to the bottom of it. And everything is all circled around the Halloween masks. The pumpkin, the witch, and the skeleton. Pretty cool looking masks, I have to say. Yeah, they're really cool masks. Mm -hmm. um, you can buy them now. Um, they, sold, they sold the rights to them. 
Oh, okay. So you can buy the actual masks, like from the same molds that you see in the movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I saw that at the time of the movie, uh, there was a company that uh, produced them as well. But yeah, I didn't two... know you could still get them. Yeah, two of the masks were on the market before the movie, and then they added the pumpkin mask because of the movie. Because <laughs> that was the uh, that was the probably the the one that we saw the scariest things happen in the movie. Exactly. Okay, so let's move on to our cast notes here. I'll start us off with writer director Tommy Lee Wallace. This was his first shot at directing. As far as writing, he was also one of the writers of Amityville 2, The uh, the Possession. And he had worked as an editor-slash-production designer on the original Halloween in 78 and The Fog in 1980. That's a good movie. I like The Fog. I like The Fog, too. And I mean, who doesn't love the original Halloween? Oh, well, yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay, you want to take our next one? Uh, Tom Atkins, who played Daniel Chalice, was a television actor starting in the 60s. He was a recurring character on Harry O. Serpico. That's two se- I'm sorry. It's two separate shows. Harry oh. O. Harry O. and Serpico. Sorry. I'm not familiar with either of them. They're a little before my time. <laughs> um, the Rockford Files. Okay, I've heard of that one. And two of his more notable movies prior to Halloween 3, were The Fog, again, a great movie, Mm -hmm. and Escape from New York, another fantastic movie. Yeah, yeah. So I guess he he knew Tommy Lee Wallace from The Fog. I suppose they crossed paths on set. So maybe that's that's how he got uh, cast for this part. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay, next up is the very young (laughs) Stacey Nelkin, uh, all playing the Ellie Grimbridge, started appearing on television in 78, some of uh, which were shows like Chips, one of my personal favorites, The Waltons, and The Chisholms. A few movie credits as well, California Dreaming, Serial, Up in the Academy, and Going Eight. And finally, we have Dan O'Herlihy, which was, who was Connell Cochran a veteran actor with credits dating back to 1947. He was nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor in the Leading Role in 1955's Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, he just had so many credits, too many even to pick and choose from. I mean, if, if it was a TV show, he had an appearance on it, it seemed like, going yeah. through the whole 60s, 70s. But uh, yeah, so he was the veteran of the cast. All right, let's move on to awards. Uh, not much happening as far as awards for this movie. It was nominated for Saturn in 1983 for Best Poster Art. And I will say, yeah, the poster for it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it was also recognized by the Saturns in 2015 for being part of the Halloween collection, uh, for Best DVD slash Blu-ray collection. So not really specific to the movie, it was just kind of lumped with the others, but still, I wanted to put that down there. Overall thoughts. Well, you picked, you're the guest. (laughs) <laughs> so what, you go first <laughs> what do I you mean think? I think this was a very typical 80s horror movie and if you like 80s horror you're going to like this movie you just have to take it out of the Michael Myers mm-hmm. realm um, the original intent was for the Halloween movies to be an anthology series a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that so it was supposed to be Halloween 1 and then Halloween 3 was actually supposed to be Halloween 2 and then continuing on it was all going to be different horror stories taking place on Halloween. That was the plan for this. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. So because it's in the Halloween thing, in the Halloween 
title and there's no Michael Myers other than a few refer- you know a few clips of the movie on the TV mm-hmm. um, a lot of people discount this movie as being terrible but I think it it should be up there like it's up there with the the cult classics like they live like it's cheesy 80s horror the acting's not great the special effects are very 80s but it's so much fun to watch uh, yeah, I agree with that. It is a fun watch. It's good to have one in the background. I guess I probably first saw it when I was a teenager or something, Saturday afternoon, Halloween time, you know, that oh, they would run the Halloween marathons and scary movie marathons. And, you know, that one caught my attention because it didn't have Michael Myers in it like the other two. Uh, and yeah, it's, it it doesn't have much substance. Uh, but like you said, as far as cheesies, cheesy 80s horror movies, it's up there with the best of them, I think. But I wouldn't... Uh, well, maybe not the best of them, but it's up there. <laughs> uh, we won't go with the best of them, but it is It is very typical 80s cheesy horror, like you said. Yeah, I you know, I can't really say that it, it's a favorite of mine, though. But I, it's it, it's entertaining. I didn't mind rewatching it. Uh, some plot holes, which we'll get into a little bit. But again, if, as long as you don't take it too seriously, uh, it's okay. It's okay to have one and just sit through it. And just en- en- enjoy it for the uh, the horror and mystery that it does have. All right. Yeah. Do you want to just jump right into our scenes here? Sure. You actually have a little different number one setup. Why don't you go ahead with that? Yeah. Um. One of the th- I I love a good callback or an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I liked about this movie was the Easter eggs from the previous movies. And even with the intention of it being an anthology series, like a lot of other anthology series will kick back to their pre- their predecessors. And this one is no different. So there are about, there were a few of them in this movie. Um, obviously the ads for the original movie on the TV, you know, they do five more days until Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween. Everybody's favorite song who's yeah. seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but then they would say that they're playing the Halloween movie. And then after the movie, is the special giveaway and you have to wear your mask for the giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would see some Michael Myers. There was one particular, there's one spot in the movie and I always forget where it is, where there's like a flash of Michael Myers face when they're doing some of the camera stuff, but some of the flashing camera stuff, but then, like in the background. The, uh, or? yeah. Like one of the things where they're showing the TV and it flashes. Oh, okay. uh, and just like, there's a quick, like, you know, fight club style, quick flash of Michael Myers face. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. The tagline for this movie is The Night No One Comes Home mm. is a play on the original movie, The Night He Came Home. Hmm, okay. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is the operator on the telephone when he tries to call out, and she's also the curfew announcer. For those who don't know, she's Laurie Strode in the original movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in the opening, there's a mention of Dr. Castle. And Dr. Castle played The Shape in part one because he wasn't known as Michael Myers in the credits. He was called The Shape. Okay. Um, Dick Warlock played Michael Myers in part two, and he's credited as an assassin in this movie. Yeah, I caught I caught that too when looking up yeah. the notes for it. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, and when Dr. Chalice calls his ex to say, hey, I'm going to not hang out with my kids again because I'm a terrible dad. Um, he called from the same phone that they used in Halloween two when Darcy is trying to get Karen to take her home or remind her that she had promised to take her home. 
And then this one's not quite an Easter egg, but a real. There's no way that they could have known this when they were filming the movie, but NBC on October 31st in 1982 aired the original movie at 9 p.m. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> yeah, That's I thought that was yeah, yeah I that was pretty cool. <laughs> that is. Oh, how neat. Well, that's cool that you uh, you mentioned those. Some of them I knew I, I knew from uh, preparing for this. I did know about the Jamie Lee Curtis. And, of course, yeah, the, the, the whole tie-in with the free giveaway after the movie. That's a, that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, they show a couple clips of the movie at different times, I think, twice maybe. Yeah. Two or three times, I think, throughout. All right. So uh, I guess I, I can move on to mine then, I suppose. Uh, that I wanted to talk about, and that is... Well, that that was, like, your first, like, scene, right? Because I see, like, your next one, you want to talk about the opening scene. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll just go. It's okay. Sometimes we don't end up going chronological. That's fine. <laughs> so I just want to I just want to start off with the whole Harry uh, Grimbridge mystery story, and he's killed in the hospital, and then the murderer ends up blowing himself up. I love that sequence, because up until this point... I don't know if there's any real, there's no real dialogue in the movie, except for the few things that uh, Harry mumbles when he gets to the gas station attendant. There's just a lot of running, a lot of hiding, you know, and he's being chased by these mysterious people. But when he finally gets uh, the the gas station owner takes him to the hospital, you know, and you think everything's going to be okay, and then all of a sudden one of those mysterious men in suits that all we know at this point uh actually gets to come in a very quiet hospital by the way i guess that's not a very popular part of of los angeles i think they're supposed to be somewhere around los angeles but it's very quiet night shift uh and he uh he kills him with the eye gouge does halloween always do an eye gouge i swear (laughs) any movie i see there's always an eye gouge it's crazy well actually he kind of like eyes in the sockets and then i think he actually rips his skull apart yeah it's very like subtle. Up. Yeah, he kind of pulls up a little bit. Pulls up, the, like the nose yeah. definitely gets, you see the nose get dislocated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's someone, a weird... uh, yeah, someone mentions the sheriff, I think, later the next day, says something about a lot of strength to pull a guy's skull apart. So it's like, oh, okay, that's what he happened. That's what happened there. But And then like the, the just the, the craziness of the guy casually walking out. He walks right by the nurse. You know, at first time I see it, I think, oh, okay, he's going to kill this woman because he kind of like does his slow walk towards her and then just turns, turns off to the side and walks out the door. So the end, he kind of breathes a sigh of relief because I got I really like that nurse a little bit. She had a couple of quick exchanges with the doctor and they seem pretty friendly. So I would have hated to see her kill her. But uh, so that's when we see, uh, well, we've already met Dr. Chalice a little bit, but he wakes up from his nap and has to chase after the guy who gets out of the parking lot. And the guy douses himself with gasoline and just lights it up, (laughs) flicks the lighter and huge explosion. I remember just seeing this for the first time. And like I said, I was a teenager and I was just like, what the hell is this movie about? (laughs) I don't even know what just happened. I mean, not in a bad way, but it was like, oh, my gosh. You know, a guy gets killed in the hospital, and then the killer kills himself. Because up in this point, you see, they they kind of walk, all, all the, the men in suits, which we find out later that they're not actually men. So uh, when these, these men, who we find out later they're not men, uh, the way they walk, they just kind of walk slowly and steadily 
a lot like Michael Myers, you know, when he yeah. stalks, I think, from the first couple movies, which I'm sure is kind of intentional. So at this point, I guess, well, we've seen a couple of them during the chase. So, you know, there's not one particular killer in general, but it just kind of had that that very Halloween. Actually, I think Halloween 2 was all in the hospital, right? Most most of it was in the hospital where Laurie yeah. Strode was. Yeah. So there was a lot of like general callback there, I think. To, uh, to Halloween, too, that you have this murder in the hospital. But then the person goes out and blows himself up. So at this point, I didn't know what was going on when I first saw the movie. Of course, now I do. But uh, that that one just always kind of sticks with me because it's uh, it was our first actual murder. And so it was our first body count there. And then we had our second body count. So what did you think about that? I, I like the opening scene because... If you're not going in expecting Michael Myers, it's a good, mm-hmm. you're wondering what's going on. You see, like, you know, when he's running through the parking lot or where, I'm not quite sure where the beginnings takes place. Like, there's a bunch of cars. Is it some kind of, but when he's running through in that area and you start seeing, like, this little bit of orange in his pocket. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're like, what is that? And then later on, after the two cars, like, kind of crash into each other and crush the one oh, that guy was cool, yeah. yeah that's cool. yeah that was really cool <laughs> i think that was our first body count oh um, that's true that's true that was the first one yeah if you if you count the humanoids as mm-hmm. a body count mm-hmm. um but you don't know they're humanoids at that point um and then like the mask falls out of his pocket and he's got this mask and then even in the hospital he's got this mask sitting on him so it's like a and he's you know the only thing he's saying is like they're gonna kill us all and they're coming after us and you know it's a good anyone who's listened to a podcast with me knows i like a good harbinger and so he's our harbinger Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh boy there's our call back to the friday the 13th (laughs) well a lot of horror movies have harbingers Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and he's our harbinger he's the one who's setting up what's going on he's the one who's getting us interested and he's the one who tells us that something's going wrong and something needs to be looked at and then our doctor turned detective <laughs> goes in and investigates yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. He he quite easily got uh, got the week off of work to go ahead and uh, and take that, I suppose. Yeah, no problem getting the week off of work and his wife seemed to expect him to uh not take the children like he planned. So, yeah, he's he's kind of introduced as an interesting character cuz you you figure out he's, you know, you find out quickly that they're divorced whether it's shared shared custody or or he gets them sometimes i don't know but uh yeah and apparently the wife uh knows he's he drinks quite a bit uh which we do see him drink a little bit in this movie sharing drinks with bums yeah <clears throat> but he's, he seems to be a pretty pretty decent doctor real well respected at work so yeah i guess it was just the home life that got to him and uh, well we just... only see him interact with women that he flirts with yeah, yeah. I thought it was a more uh, friendly flirt with uh, the nurse. Uh, was her name Alice? I don't know Ooh, if her I name was remember. Alice or not. But um, we did see uh, kind of joking, like grabs her behind. But, you know, I think she was significantly older, so I think it was more of a friendly thing going on. But I think he did have something going on with the corridor. Or with the corridor? With the coroner, I think. Teddy? Yeah, um, yeah, kind of got those vibes uh, that they had dated in the past, I believe. Uh, so yeah, he see, he seemed to he, he seemed to like his women and his booze, but seemed to be like a pretty decent doctor and of course a pretty good detective on a whim. So 
Don't know to say if I'm a big fan of Dr. Chalice, but <laughs> uh, but he's he's he was, our hero in this, if you want to say that. So hey, heroes don't always have to be good guys. He was yeah, interesting that's to watch. True. That's true. He has flaws. Everyone's flawed. I mean, he uh, did offer yeah. to sleep in the car. Oh gosh, don't don't get me going there. <laughs> don't don't get me going there. Um, all right, so that was uh, such a dumb scene. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, uh, is it one of yours? It's we can not, talk so about just, it. We can talk yeah, about it. Yeah, let's just talk about it. <laughs> we can talk about it now because again, I'm first time I'm seeing this as a teenager. And I'm already trying to figure out what this movie's about. I knew even then, like, hey, wait, didn't they just meet each other? And didn't her dad just die? <laughs> and it's like, and there is quite an age age difference between the two as well. And we um, never find out how old she is. No, I mean, the, she said she's older than she looks. The, a, the actress was in her early 20s. And I forgot to look up to see how old Tom Atkin was. Yeah, but anyway, I think Tom Atkins uh, probably in his late 30s, I would say, maybe by that point. Uh, I didn't look up his exact age. She's obviously early 20s. Yeah, the actress was early 20s, and but, you know, she could probably get away with being mid-20s. But anyway, it was just kind of, what is this about? Well, you know, was... why did they find it necessary to put this in here? It really doesn't no... fit. Yeah, there was no chemistry with them leading up to it. There's no flirting with them leading up to it. And he obviously flirts with women. Like, we've, yeah. we saw it with everyone he worked with. Mm-hmm. And he even kind of flirted a little bit with his wife. Like, and then, there, but there was nothing between them. And then all of a sudden, it was like, well, I can go sleep in the car. Do you want to sleep in the car? Where would you rather be? And then they're making out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> where, what? Yeah, it really didn't, really didn't belong. And I guess, I don't know, I guess... That was as, as close as you got to the gratuitous sex scene um, well, that some they, of those 80s, which you do get, a li- yeah, you do get more of one later, but um, later that day after they go get beer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, a lot of those 80s movies, of course, you know, horror movies, you have to have the gratuitous sex scene. Yeah. Uh, so I guess they felt compelled to work it in there, but it really did not fit in the storyline. No. <laughs> not at all. I mean, like I said, no. e- even when I was younger i was like this doesn't make any sense and now watching it i'm like this is so ridiculous but it wasn't even a good like when you got the sex scene because they cut away at that point like they start making out and then they cut away yeah I but know. when they actually get the sex scene it's not even a good one like it's all well, awkward can you imagine weird. how can you imagine how bad it would have been though if they made it like a i don't know a three or four minute long one <laughs> i mean yeah, the movie's only worse. an hour and a half <laughs> and it's like wow they really had to get that in there but, yeah um I mean- uh, it was, uh, yeah, that that was, uh, yeah, don't get me started. But you're right. He did <laughs> say, like, I could sleep in the car. It'd be better on the floor. And she and and she did the she did the initial invitation. He didn't say no. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. No, I, I didn't feel like he was a predator. It just all came across as no. weird and yeah. out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. All right. Well, we can uh, move <laughs> on to... Let's see. Well, you talked about the opening scene. Yeah, the opening scene was my so that we'll we'll make that that okay. um, awkward sex scene my number two. Okay, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go a little later in the movie when uh, let's see. Gosh, I guess a lot's happened already. Uh, they've already been at the fact. They've been to the factory uh, once on the tour. Ellie sees her father's car so now they know something's really up with uh, her father's disappearance and they end up the 
I don't know what to call them. The 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 Shamrock people. We'll call them the Shamrock Shamrock people. They come to uh, they come and they I guess abduct Ellie. We don't actually see it. Uh, I mean, we see. I guess we see them take her. They, we we see when they drive back to the factory, they take her out of the car. Right. I think we actually see her then, but we don't. We actually... see them. We see them coming to the hotel room. Yeah, but she was gone at that point. And then later, when Chalice gets back to the hotel room, she's not there. Oh, okay. All right. right. We see them coming, and she's not there. Okay. Yeah, so Chalice has to go find find Allie. I don't know how, what, he escaped from the one guy. I don't know how he did that. How did he escape? How did he escape from them in the hotel room? Gosh, I forget already, and I just saw it this morning. Well, no, he gets caught and brought in because they have him locked up in the room. No, that's after he sneaks in. Is that after he sneaks in? Oh, I'm forgetting. Yeah, now. he actually does. I watched it yesterday, did. and I'm forgetting. Yeah, see, <laughs> well, I watched it this morning, and I'm forgetting. No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he actually sneaks in initially because uh, that's when he's, like, poking around the place. He finds Oh uh, yeah, he yeah. finds the, the – the... And he's hiding from the cameras. Yeah, the sil- just like that figure sitting in the room – um, like quilting or knitting, and yeah, he starts talking know. to it, and the head falls off. <laughs> that's how we learn there's robots. Yeah, so we were introduced. Oh, just to backtrack a little bit. Yes, Silver Shamrock. They make masks, but uh, this gen- the gentleman of Hurley, he uh, has been in the toy business for years. So, well, um, Cochran. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh, I said the actor's name. I have a bad habit of doing that. Now you say, you say an actor's name. I did that like when we did uh, Poltergeist. Uh, I kept calling Tangina. I kept calling her, uh, calling her Zelda <laughs> instead of Tangina because that's the actress's name. Anyway, and there was, and in the hotel there was also the accident with the other woman who had the other purchase. Yes, of the I didn't have that anywhere in my notes. I don't know if you were going to mention that. It was kind of just, again to add to the body count. It was a cool. I mean, it was so among that, the okay, better so special th- effects in the movie. <laughs> it was. I, I would say it was uh, makeup makeup work. And then with all the the yeah. nasty things starting to crawl out of her face and everything, but that yeah that was good. Oh, did you did you know that that uh, actress was actually Tom Atkins' wife? I learned that later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was doing some prep. I learned yeah. that. Yeah. That that was uh, I was going to mention that in the notes now, but you brought her up, so I figured I'd drop that drop that right there. Yeah. So uh, right. So that was part of that was like the initial part of the mystery. So everything was pointing back to the Silver Shamrock factory, of course. Well, that's why they came there, to try to figure out what happened to the dad when he was coming to buy masks. Uh, but anyway, getting to my initial point, when he's sneaking around and he's finally caught by someone, they get in a scuffle. And again, to this point, we just think they're really strong individuals, maybe. I don't know. We don't really know what's up with them because they just act weird. They don't really say anything. Uh, and they're, they're, they kind of have pretty decent strength to break a human skull apart with just a couple of fingers so but while he's punching him he punches him in the stomach and goes through his stomach and pulls it out and he has all that nasty goo on his hand and then we see the the goo coming out of the thing's mouth and that's when it's like oh my gosh it's a i I have in my notes robot but it's it's a machine you refer to them as humanoids but it's i just figured it was just a toy uh, it was another kind of toy that that the manufacturer yeah. made. Is that I, that's what they are basically, right? Machines. Yeah. Yeah. yeah robot. A good way to put it. Yeah, like robots. I mean, they had to have some sort of goop in them, 
but uh, I don't know if that's for lubrication or whatever. But because also throughout this whole time, uh, he's been checking in with Teddy, the coroner. The cor- Why do I call her coroner? Coroner. There we go. Uh, the coroner and um she's like she can't find human remains in the car so that kind of lets you know okay what's up why are there no human remains here and then she ends up finding just like bits of machine pieces and things like that which too bad for her in a little in a little later but i just love that part when we kind of get the big reveal okay that's what's up with these people which lets you know okay why that uh murderer who killed Harry er, earlier in the movie, why he just so easily just torched himself, you know, because he's just some sort of programmed, whatever you want to call it, humanoid right. uh, machine, robot toy, whatever we want to call it. What, yeah. A creation of Cochrane. So, um, yeah. So I just kind of got a kick out of that. I thought the goop was pretty nasty. Uh, and then his reaction too, uh, Dr. Chalice's reaction, he was just kind of like, like anybody would be like, oh my gosh, what is this thing that I just punched? And he's just trying to wrap his head around everything still. But he was kind of dazed dazed and confused a little bit. And then that's when they took him away and locked him up, which is the part you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, uh, yeah, I like that because it was a big reveal that uh, people are not what they seem. And then you start thinking like, okay, well, I guess everybody here, because, oh, talking about Harbingers, we did meet that one town bum. You know, yeah. uh, we met him and he was the one that said Cochran brought in all his own people. So that yeah. kind of makes you think that all these people here, if they're his own people, I assuming that they're all robots as well or humanoids or whatever you want to call it. So anything else you want to add to that or did you want to move on to yours? No, I think we covered everything there. So we'll move on to my number three. Which is yeah, if you want to say because you add you snuck in an extra number two, so yeah, yeah, with this, so yeah, we'll say number three, yeah. Um, requirement of any '80s either action movie because there's a little bit of an actiony detectivey vibe to this movie. It's not straight up just a horror slasher movie. Oh yeah, yeah, it's got mystery to it. Is the crawling through the air duct that I always thought was completely <laughs> possible as a kid? Thought you could crawl through an air duct, no problem, to get where you know sneakily get where you needed to go. But I mean, it was so. I just love that they had an air duct scene in this movie. Like it's just such an '80s reference. You know, I, I didn't even put that together. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess a, a lot of yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of movies back then used the old air duct climbing, which then, is uh, which is which is pretty cool. But then. Uh, was it Mythbusters had to go and tell me that that's not going to be possible? The air ducts can't hold humans. Oh, did they actually have an episode? Of course that? they did. They did. Okay, I missed. Yeah. I used to watch Mythbusters a little bit, but I missed that one. Air ducts can't hold humans. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> okay, so uh, yeah, really, that was really good and uh, kind of key because, of course, he has to escape somehow. Use the air ducts, and then he gets out and does some uh, does some other crazy stuff. But before that, I want to talk about the testing of the masks. Dude, that is one of my favorite. <laughs> like that is. I know scary. you were disappointed I took it, but that's okay. We'll just we'll <laughs> talk about it and have a good time. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Just it was sadistic. <laughs> that well, the whole plan is sadistic. The fact that he wants to sacrifice 
all these, you know, millions, millions of children, I assume, you know, just for his... And they're uh, adults his, based his, on what happened. His witchcraft. Um, yeah, yeah, that w- it would be a very uh, traumatic uh, episode. I mean, you, you could have, like, heart attacks and, and, and whatever, plus... Whatever came, whatever came out of the mask. I mean, we saw a snake come out of the poor kid's mask. Several snakes. Was it several? I couldn't tell if they were the, if the shots were just kind of like of the same snake, and they were, it was just like different. Angles there was one it. big one that definitely came out, and then like at least one or two small ones, and then yeah. all of those cockroaches. I think they either cockroaches or locusts or something, but it was disgusting. That uh, and that mask kind of it, it melted. Oh my gosh! When that mask is like melting and the kid, yeah. like they're they're flashing between that and the screen like that's but when that mask is melting, it's mm-hmm. su- that is excellent, mm-hmm. excellent special effects. That's creepy. That's scary. Like that is a fantastic horror scene. It's it, it, it's and and we and we can say this. It's it's the what the fuck moment um, in the yeah. movie. <laughs> uh, you know, like oh my gosh, this is what's going to happen to all these children. At nine o'clock at the giveaway, which is, uh, by the way, hours away at this point. Yeah, I just <clears throat> absolutely incredible. And I feel, of course, you you know, you feel for the little kid, even though he was kind of annoying at points. But God, just the parents, big buddy. He seemed like a friendly guy, just the best, the best salesman of the masks. I mean, my gosh, how could you do that to him and his family? But we know Cochran, uh, Cochran didn't really care. It was all just collateral damage at that point uh, he had a master plan and he was going to go through with it but just so uh so sadistic and nasty with the bugs climbing out of the mask uh, and yeah. everything throughout the room yeah and then flashing back to uh chalice who's watching this all who's already kind of still like oh i put my hand through a guy's body he wasn't a man now he sees this and now he's like almost looking like he's gonna faint like they drag him away to lock him up and he's just he's just like so out of it because yeah, he, he has he can't no get fight his, left in him he doesn't uh he i'm sure you know thinking about his kids because he knows his kids got the masks he knows like the extent of this like oh my god this guy's gonna kill millions of people in a matter of an hour and a half or however soon we were so yeah and then how he went on and and managed to get out of that room and climb in the air duct uh he did have some fight left <laughs> yeah so that that was just yeah that had to be a scene worth mentioning uh, what um, anything else you had to add to that? No, just that I think is my favorite scene in the whole in the whole movie. Like, yeah, you it, hate you hate to say it because a little a little a little boy's head gets gets melted and all sorts of nasties come out of it. But it it's one of, it's just one of those like yeah, like you said, the moment in a horror movie where it's like oh my gosh, yeah, it's so it's so bad, but it's good. <laughs> But like that, when that mask is melting, it's truly Uh creepy. Yeah, it is. I wonder how they did that. Did that kind of effect? Like it just kind of, I don't know. Did it kind of shrivel up? Do you think it was, I don't know how they, I don't know how they could have done that. Maybe it was some kind of. I don't know if it was like a mannequin and like maybe it just kind of like sucked in or something and added some sort of melting effect. I don't know. It was A little bit of stop motion maybe. 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But still, pretty cool. <clears throat> Very cool. I, yeah. <laughs> well, let's see. I kind of took took that uh, a little That's bit. That's okay. So, we got to um, talk about so, it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm trying to see who who should go next. Uh, you should I go next. 
Me? Okay. Yeah, because yeah. if you go with the, the chronological, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, basically, my the last point I just wanted to bring up is, uh, what? Ellie is a robot? <laughs> right? Uh, this blew my mind. It's It's a cool twist. It's a very cool twist. He rescues her because he just he's been tied up in this room the whole time that he's been going through his adventures and getting his mind blown in this place. Uh, and he gets her, and you kind of think something's might be a little up with her because she's not saying anything. But no, but she seems like she's with him. She like, seems like yeah. I mean, he, she's. I mean, he's not really talking much either. Right, right. I mean, so they're, it's all, they're trying to be getting... quiet, too. But yeah. I guess when I rewatched it, I was trying to pay attention. Like, okay, after he gets her, because, of course, I know, I knew what the twist was going to be. I'm like, okay, does, so does she say anything to him? You know, is she, I'm just trying to see, like, how she's acting differently. And they really don't focus on her too much until they get in the car to drive away. And when he asks her what's wrong and she just kind of does that slow turn, like, all the other men... And, yep. and and robots and workers have been doing this all the just that, that slow turn and then throws the hand on the face. That's like kind of, it's a jump scare. Uh, this is actually I think where all the jump scares are in the movie a little bit. Um, I know you. It takes a lot for you to get to get a little jump scare, but uh, oh, no, it good, wasn't a, it a wasn't a big scare. one. It wasn't a big one, but they packed in a couple in these next couple minutes. Uh, when she attacks him, they have the car accident. She loses an arm. Uh, the arm that does come back later. You see it hanging on the door on the door. And well, the arm she loses when it's sitting in the grass. Like that was such an evil dead vibe to me. Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but that was the second jump scare after he, he knocked her head off. And I think he got back into the car right away. Yeah, he got back into the car right away. And when he closed the door, the arm jumped back at him. Which was awesome. Yeah, which is cool. Fight fight with the hand. And it's funny because it's like down from below him. So, you know, just somebody's just down there. Yeah. <laughs> Someone's down below him, like, like grabbing at his face and throat. So it's kind of <laughs> funny when you think about it that way. But So he finally gets rid of it and heaves it away. And then I guess the body is like, what is is that when the body shows up? Yeah, the body comes back. The body comes back him. without the head. So you're right. This is like all Evil Dead stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, makes me want to go watch Evil Dead. Uh, no, but uh, so we have a couple little jumps there, and he keeps just fighting Ellie. But okay, so after all this, he gets away, and that's fine. But but my question is, okay, so she has been one of these machines the whole time. Is that it? Or was? I don't think it's been the whole... I thought I took it as when they abducted her. Okay. That was my... That's when that she was, That's the robot. other possibility, that they abducted her and they somehow were able to manufacture another one. But then I was thinking, like, well, why didn't he go back to the factory to look for the real her? Right. Because we never well, saw a Well, I mean, at that point... I mean, at that point, there was a time restraint. He had to oh, get yeah, the yeah, commercial yeah, you're off the right. air. He didn't have time. Okay, okay, okay. But it's also a weird plot point. Because I was, th- we really yeah, don't have an answer. <laughs> yeah, because I was trying to, pl- I was trying to play it. Okay, so she has, she obviously acted like a normal human, which we haven't even seen up to this point. Um, so I kind of was trying to brush aside that that was it, her the whole time. But it was also to explain that okay, maybe that's why she'd be a little insensitive and want to sleep with some guy three days after her dad died. But, um, <laughs> you know. I mean, maybe he was maybe he was not I mean, 
maybe he was a crappy dad too. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And she's got daddy issues. So it could, it could be. Things. It could be. There's a lot of plot holes. Uh, yeah, so that <laughs> I was trying to wrap my head around that, and then I didn't think about the time restraint because I was thinking like, well, wait, shouldn't the writers have put in the movie like, oh, he's going to go back and get the real Ellie? But then you're right about the time restraint, so I guess that kind of brushes my theory aside. So, yeah, I guess we don't really get an answer on that, but. Uh, I guess I kind of like the way better what you're thinking because that makes more sense that he just has to go and try to save the day. And I guess at some point we go back to Ellie. But at that point, it doesn't really matter because you want to talk about the cliffhanger ending. Yes. So why don't we go ahead and get into it? I mean, horror movies all kind of have a cliffhanger-y ending. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Jason jumping out of the water, hands, you know. Carrie's hand coming out from the ground you know there's always like a a jump-ish scare of you thought the murder you know the bad guy was dead and he's not but in this case they got it off to you know he was able to get them somehow I don't know that I would have listened to the crazy guy calling me um yeah right. but he was able to get them to get the tv station to take off two channels but there was a third channel and in a very Stephen King-y style ending it just you know, we don't know if it stops or not. We don't know if, mm-hmm. you know, the hills run with the blood like Cochran wanted. Or. Yeah, I I, I kind of always thought of it as that they, that they he didn't get it turned off in time. And yes, this did happen to a certain percentage of whether it's the local population or I don't know, because I don't know what TV station he's calling. Well, I mean, he must be calling a local TV station, I guess. So Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. you get back to the plot. Yeah. You get back to the plot hole part yeah. of it. And it's, well, this is the West Coast. Has it yeah. already aired on the East Coast? Yeah, is it well, all airing at the same yeah. time? I, I imagine like, his, priority, his priority was definitely saving his kids first, I would think. So that's probably why keeping it on the local scale. But yeah, if you start like going on a wider scale and knowing how television works and things like that. Like, yeah, you, there's no way he can stop it. <laughs> you know, right. people are, people are going to air this in all sorts of different markets, but I think he was just trying to stop his, uh, trying to save his kids, I guess. But yeah, I love that. I love that ending with him just screaming on the telephone. Uh, yeah. it's actually one of my quotes, uh, but it's just, and it's a good twist. It really, it really is. Cause and it's something you don't see a lot of. no, no, you you really don't. I mean, I think in the mo- in the modern era, like somewhere along the line, and I don't know when, you know, the the killers would start winning. You know, I mean, the movie say, you know, the you had like the movie series, like the saws and things like that, where you didn't always have the typical one person get out or two people get out. You know, th- there were those little twists that happened somewhere along the line. But no, as far as like this time. Back in the 80s? No, this was a pretty good twist uh, that was unexpected. Yeah, and you never know. You never, you never know what uh, what was going to happen, uh, what was going to happen after that. I mean, the plot's pretty, pretty okay on this movie. It just, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel like this movie could use a, re, like a modern remake. It could. And take it out of the Halloween, just call it Season of the Witch. Mm-hmm. I think, like, there's a lot here that makes it. An okay movie, just I mean, other yeah. than Cock, other than Cochran, 
some of the acting is just <laughs> awful. Like when it comes to the key scenes, like some of the acting is they're just chewing the scenery. Like it's mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> well, he's yeah. Well, he's obviously really really out there. Uh, we didn't really. Uh, well, we can get into it when we talk about notes. There's there's some other key aspects. Oh, in fact, I think it's somewhere in your quotes there. So maybe we can talk about it there. Yeah. A little bit about the the whole uh, witchcraft part of it. Um, but yeah, no, just to, to finish the thought here. Yeah, I mean, we mentioned that Carpenter wanted, you know, the, the anthology, the one-off Halloween stories. So I'm thinking that this is perfect as far as that goes. You know, yeah. this is, you know, this is a, a once-and-done story. It has that twist. It makes you think afterwards, like, oh, wow, that, What's going to happen afterwards? Oh, no. You know, like you said, you know, you think maybe, maybe, maybe he stopped it. Maybe everything's okay. And then I'm thinking, no, I don't think he did stop it. And I think, <laughs> which had me wondering, you know, Cochran's plan was pretty flawed because he didn't plan on dying, did he? Well, I don't think, Cochran didn't want all, I mean, obviously not every single kid is going to buy one of these masks. The majority of, it seems like the majority of kids did. Yeah. But not Every kid is going to buy this mask. So I don't think he wants... I mean, you can't have everyone dead. I don't think his plan right. was to have everyone dead. He wanted the hills to run red with blood. Mm-hmm. He wanted yeah. a, a huge sacrifice, like a good yeah. portion of the population to die. But when but you not had... everyone. But when you had... He, no, but my point was he, he, he didn't plan on dying, did he? No, he wanted to see this happen. Yeah, he wanted to see this happen. But I guess it was all about the sacrifice. And of course, this is... You know, something, well, the moon cycles and I forget how many hundreds of years he was going back. I, I don't know. I'm a, I, that part An confused, old magic. Yeah, that part confused me a little bit about exactly how long he was planning this. But, I mean, they had the Stonehenge fragment and he just seemed to be standing in the wrong place at the wrong time and that's how he died. But back to and my thought. some awful 80s graphics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what that energy did to him, but he didn't even look like <laughs> he didn't look like himself. He looked like a, a wax candle, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. But no, my point was just that um, had he survived, because like everybody wasn't going to die, and you know there would just be a huge mask investigation, and he would end up probably being sentenced to death. But anyway, I know I'm reading into it too much, yeah. but this is like what I think about afterwards because it's. You know, you kind of dive a little deeper and you think about the what ifs. And like you said, you see the plot holes. And I'm just thinking, yeah, this isn't a very good plan because he's not going to get off scot-free. But I guess it's just all about, uh, I guess it's just like you said, all about uh, the hills running with blood. So, which we don't know. We don't know if they are yeah. or not. <laughs> he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't taking any more orders. Like he knew this was it oh, for yeah, his company right. at least. Somebody said that. Well, yeah, you're right, right. So he at knew, the very least it he was knew the that end was of the it. company. yeah. He knew, he knew it was the end of the company. You're right. And he, I believe they called it the last Halloween at some point in time. Oh, well, yeah. Mrs. Uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Miss, Mrs. Buddy. Because you had Buddy Senior, Buddy Junior. <laughs> I just call her Mrs. Buddy. I can't remember their last name. No, she made that comment when Buddy said that they didn't, they're not taking my orders. And she said, maybe there won't be Halloween next year. And they both yeah. kind of chuckle about it. And, but no, you're right. So he yeah, he knew one way, one way or the other that it was going to be over um, for him at least and and the company. This was just all he wanted to do was just to sacrifice as many uh, innocents as he could. Because they said he started the company. I couldn't remember. It was, I had to go back and listen. I didn't get a chance. Uh, World war one or world war two. 
Mm. I don't know which war. I think they said World War One though, which would put him much older than he appeared. Mm. So he's definitely got some. Okay, yeah, I didn't pay attention. I didn't pay attention. I didn't really pay attention to whether they were talking when they said he actually took over. I just kind of thought when the Irish themselves took over, you know. But they say Connell Cochran. Wow. They might say Connell O'Cochran, I think, at that point. Hmm. But it's him. <laughs> hmm. It's him. <laughs> well, with the witchcraft, you know, he uh, yeah, he he could live super super long. So, are those magical the the magical uh, dust of the uh, of the Stonehenge? <laughs> yeah, that we never find out how they got it. We see the news report that stone you know stone was yeah, it weighs like five tons. He even said like you wouldn't believe how we got it here. I'm like, oh please, like, let me I would know. like well, I would like to know. Yeah, you know? I just picture they have you know all these guys have superhuman strength. All his men. So I just picture like a bunch of them kind of carrying it, it up. you know, carrying carrying it to a boat, carrying off the boat, carrying it from England or in the UK <laughs> all the way to uh, yeah. California. Right. Uh yeah, love love that love that ending. Um, overall, like we said, it, it, it's a good fun movie. Don't yeah, don't take it seriously. It, don't look too deep into it. Don't ask too many questions, <laughs> and just just enjoy it. Yeah, if you're a fan of 80s horror, it's up mm-hmm. there with the the good bad 80s horror. Mhm. Cuz it's not it's it's just not your it's not a it's not a slasher style like you said. No. It's got that little bit of detective story to it. It's got the whole witch element. Yeah, it's yeah. good. I think I think Carpenter Carpenter did a, did a, a very good job with it. Yeah. It's a unique story. Like you don't mm-hmm. It's definitely a unique story. There's not there's not a lot like it out there. I, I think it's worth a watch. I don't know. I don't know if you want to rewatch it every year, but maybe every ten years or so, it's not a bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad one to throw in that Halloween or, or when the pla- or when it's, the planets align every nineteen years or whenever. Yeah. <laughs> that's when we'll watch it. No, but that's good. I, I think we've uh, we can also go, jump back and talk about a couple things in notes because uh, yeah, uh, I think there's some other things that popped in my head. But uh, do you just want to move on to some other notes that we have or mentions things we want to mention? Yeah, we can hit up the notes. Okay. Well, my my first one, and you had actually had mentioned it early on, that this was uh, Carpenter's chance to go back for his plan for a new Halloween story after uh, Halloween 2. He killed off Michael Myers and Dr. Uh, Loomis in Halloween 2. Uh, and then some people say that this movie was not successful because fans wanted more of the, the Myers return. So uh, Carpenter did eventually uh, sell the rights to Halloween because they wanted to go forth with the whole Michael Myers story. So... And boy, did they. Yeah, did they. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, he actually was, uh, he wanted to do it, like you said, he wanted this to be number two. And the uh, the, the producers uh, said no, they wanted more Michael Myers. So he went ahead and uh, and did make that number two. But then, like I said, he went ahead and killed off Myers and Loomis in that. So we thought um, <laughs> he, killed, he, he, he killed him off. So I guess kind of saying like, okay, that story is done, <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, and went with his. But yeah, like I said, that's kind of reiterating uh, the point that you made earlier. Uh, what do you have? I just think it's cool that there was a male witch in the 80s. Like that wasn't like in the 80s when you talked mm-hmm. about a witch, you were, mm-hmm. you know, it was hocus pocus, you mm-hmm. know, right. you were talking about women with the hook nose and the green or sometimes you know occasionally you get like a sexy female witch but a male witch Mm -hmm. well i guess warlock is technically the right term but you didn't get a lot of that 
that didn't look like Merlin. Um, yeah, and I don't think he, you know, it was all tied in to the whole uh, Celtic heritage uh, and uh, pagan beliefs, I guess you'd say. So he, uh, that was kind of different too. And the fact I yeah, never really that- heard of, you know, Irish witchcraft before you know so i don't know if that that was ever done before or uh really tied in since uh, yeah, i've heard of america you know like american style witchcraft you know from like salem right. and things like that you know as far as the history but yeah the whole witchcraft and other nations uh i yeah i really don't know anything about it so it was kind of, it was kind of new and fresh to hear that take on it too and then the whole, whole stonehenge tie-in is pretty cool too yeah, <laughs> i like and, that and um you know, he talked about Halloween, you know, in his little monologue, mm, he talked about mm-hmm. Halloween, you know, you know, and we tend to call it um, Samhain, but he called, you know, pronounced it the right Celtic way, Samhain, mm, which, okay. like, they, what they dug in with the the Celtic witchcraft stuff, they, they hit, they hit all the notes really the right, mm-hmm. which was pretty rare, especially for a cheesy 80s movie. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you on that. That that was pretty. That was a, a pretty cool tie-in. We didn't really see any kind of like rituals or anything like that. It was all just kind of his plan, and it was all modern yeah. too. Well, I think he even made that point when they walked into the room. He walked in the room with Chalice, and he was like, "What's this?" And I think he said something about like modern technology and something about ancient history or something like that. You know, just kind of the combining yeah. of the two. So. Um, but no, we didn't actually get to see any kind of uh, rituals. They didn't seem to be doing anything special other than chopping chopping Pieces chunks of rock. And he said, like, the little down to the particles have this little magic. And all he did was just kind of take his finger and wipe it on the little on on the little silver shamrock shield uh, uh, shield, not shield, silver sham, shamrock, uh, you know, the button or the, yeah, the, the had, medallion uh, the medallion. Thank you. Yeah, so there didn't really seem to be anything too scientific that they had to do about it, but I don't know. A lot of computers, a lot of computers, a lot of buttons, a lot of early 80s technology. <laughs> yeah, the computer chips in there. the medallions. Yeah. Oh, love how the doctor just was able to go up and figure out how he could get the commercial to start playing. Right? He just presses some buttons and it goes. <laughs> so not only is knowing. he a doctor, he's a detective. And he's also a uh, computer programmer, a computer yes. specialist. Or at least so. an AV guy. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, that was fun. He's, he's just your all-around guy. Yeah, all-around all guy. Yet, no wonder Ellie wanted him. <laughs> I was just about to say that. How are you? <laughs> and when he, dumped, when he dumped the box of medallions over and it started like... Oh, yeah. Was there, like, like glitter there some... mixed in, too? I, or I guess it was just the well, magic no, that was, particles coming off. That was off the magic the, particles the, hitting off the, rock. the okay. off the rock. Oh, okay. I, I think we were supposed to, with that terrible laser imagery, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think we were supposed to believe that there was some magic going on there. It just okay. didn't come across well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that that effect was pretty pretty lame. Um, it was pretty awful. Yeah. And just I, very eighties though. Very very eighties. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, what did I want to bring up next? Oh, I'd mentioned this before. You had talked about how the masks you can still you can get them now. Uh, mm-hmm. The original molds 
the Skull, the Witch, and the Jack-O-Lanterns uh, that were seen in the movie, they were mass-produced by Don Post Studios and sold in retail stores to promote the movie's release. But you had said they had sold two of two of the ones before and then came yeah. up with the third one, the Jack-O-Lantern. Uh, oh, and another quick one here, and then we can jump back if there's anything you wanted to say. Uh, the, you mentioned London Bridge is Falling Down as the yep. tune for uh, Silver Shamrock. It's public domain, so that's how they they could uh, do that. They that is perfectly fine to uh, to add your own little jingle to London Bridge because uh, it's public yeah. domain. <clears throat> uh, is there something you wanted to say? No, just the that was my last one. Oh, that was, was your only London point. Bridge. Okay. It's gonna be stuck in my head the rest of the day again. Yeah, it will. <laughs> um, well, I guess there are worse tunes you could have in your head. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, what did you think of Teddy, the the coroner? I li- I was sad to see her go. I like I was I, that was another thing. I liked that there was a a female coroner. Yeah, again, I don't know how much that was tied into. Hey, let's kind of have another person he can flirt with, uh, oh, yeah. or or what? But uh, yeah, she was like, I guess you. The first thing that popped in my head was like guy in the chair, uh, like from you know the Spider Man <laughs> the Spider Man movies. They bring on the whole guy in the chair. She was she was his guy in the chair, which is pretty cool. Um, no, but I felt bad for her cause I really liked her and she just didn't put two and two together soon enough. She was picking up that phone and they took her out. Yeah. For a minute there, you're like, oh my gosh, she's actually going to do it. And then, cause you yeah. didn't realize they were onto her and then like, oh no. And death by drill, which we didn't actually see, which I'm kind of grateful. They could, they could have done some sort of cheesy effect, but I guess it's best to leave some things to the imagination. Just, yeah. You just saw her legs flailing and then stop. Yeah. But they could have just done you know, we've seen, I'm sure there are other movies around that time where people, well, yeah, I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre was out. So I'm sure you saw yeah. body parts getting drilled and, and, and power tools and stuff. They could have done something, but I, I mm. guess that's kind of neat that they didn't. They left it a little bit. There's been a lot of movies since with drills and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so Teddy was cool. Oh, the uh, the small town of Santa Mira was uh, also the setting for Invasion of the Body Snatchers from 1956. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good little tidbit. The gas station scene in this movie can also be seen in John Carpenter's The Fog. I gotta, I gotta watch it because it seems like there's a lot of ties. Um, the Fog yeah, is a great movie. Yeah, I, I no, I have seen it. It's just been forever. I say I want to, I want to rewatch it. Um, no, I like the, yeah, I like The Fog. Adrian Barbeau, right? Yep. She, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I, that was another one. Saturday Saturday afternoons, just whatever. All these little horror movies that come on, you're like, "Ooh, what's this about?" But um, yeah, no. So that was pretty cool. They reused the the gas station for that. Uh, oh, you, you mentioned. Oh, I'm sorry. You had something else. Well, something just popped into my head where they were mm-hmm. saying, you know, they were advertising 7:30 at night. They're going to watch this scary horror movie for a little kid. You know, for kids like that would not fly today. Oh. Yeah, you know, I like didn't even tra- I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like if they tried to run even edit out some of the, you know, sex and drugs from the original Halloween. There's no way that would fly on network television today. People would be so up in arms over that. Mm. Yeah. 7:30 at night, yeah. like prime time. Mhm. <laughs> oh, I just saw a note here that uh they actually referred to Cochran's people as humanoids. Okay. Oh, well, that's so what... that's maybe that's where you got it from. Probably. Okay. 
Oh, did you know that the the writer, the original writer of this story was a Nigel uh, Neal, I suppose? He was a British writer. Uh, but he sued the producers to take his name off the movie after seeing how violent it was. I think uh, Carpenter wanted Lee Wallace to do a rewrite anyway, hence the violence. So, But, yeah, yeah. I guess the original person who uh, came up with this was uh, Nigel Neal. But he wanted nothing to do with it. So huh. that's why Tommy Lee Wallace is getting all the credit. And John Carpenter, of course. Well, yeah. Yeah, I think we can move on. I, th- I think, I think uh, so. we've we've touched. I think upon, we've talked about. I think we've touched upon everything. So, uh, quotes. I don't have many. Uh, my first one is: "This place is a zoo." When Chalice comes back in after almost getting hit by the RV, drove by Buddy and family, and then he almost gets hit by well, who turns out to be his actress is his wife, which is actually more funny if you think about it. <laughs> um, and then he goes back to the room like this place is a zoo. I just kind of like that. Because uh, we had a little, little bit, little bit of comedy, not too much, but a little bit of comic relief uh, at that point. You got to throw that in every now and again. How about you? Um, my harbinger thing, uh, Harry Grimbridge. They're all, they're going to kill us, all of us, all of us. Mm. Yeah, which isn't really true because they were... most of us, maybe, but I think if you don't <laughs> have kids. And you know you're not very sensitive. <laughs> I, I think I think yeah. you'll make it. <laughs> so. Yeah, if you weren't wearing the mask, you were going right. to be okay. Uh, you we mentioned before. My other one is the whole awkward sex scene uh, uh, when uh, she's sitting there after they have the conversation where he's going to sleep, and she just says in that all of a sudden kind of sexy voice, "Where do you want to sleep, Doctor Chalice?" And he's like, "That's a dumb question, Miss." Grimbridge. Like, they're not oh, even using their boy. first names. I know. It's just, it's kind of creepy the more you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, you can go ahead. And then um, Cochran, Halloween, the festival of Samhain, the last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of mm. animals and children. Ugh. Horrible or Samhain. Hard. He pronounced it correctly. He pronounced it Samhain. Yes. Okay. Wow, horrible to think about. But yeah, right? still yeah, still still uh still good. Kind of Phil but GM creepy. on okay. What what's the uh what's his motive? What is your motive to do this, sir? So this this is his motive. Um and my last one is just and I don't have it word for word because it goes super, super fast and he's just screaming uh in desperation, but it's at the very end when he's on the phone and he's trying to tell him to turn it off and he's just please turn it off. Stop it, stop it. And then at the very end that last scream, stop it and it just freezes yeah. on his face there. I just uh that's pretty powerful. So I had to put that in there for mine. Uh so we're done with that? We're done. I'm okay, done. let's just fly through our where are they now career highlights from the time of the film to the present day. I'll start off with Tommy Lee Wallace, writer and director. After Halloween 3, continued writing and directing both TV and movies. Fright Night Part 2 was probably his most notable work, which I don't think I've seen it, so I don't know how notable it is. But uh, that's at least what they say is his most notable work <laughs> after Halloween 3. Um, even the, the cheesy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> even though he hasn't had anything since the early 2000s, he has written and directed a movie called Helliversity, which is showing as a completed project. This is according to IMDb. I'm not too sure how up-to-date it is, but it just seems very, very weird because he's kind of been not doing anything for about 20 years as far as writing and directing, and all of a sudden, here's a movie. So, yeah, we'll have to see if it comes to uh, actually comes to light. 
Well, with all the streaming services, it could be on something that we'll mm. never notice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. I, did, I didn't catch if it, it wasn't listed as a short, but it could be a short. You never know. It could just be something yeah. somewhere. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Tom Atkins continued his acting career on both the TV and the big screen. In 1986, he was in another horror cult classic, Night of the Creeps. His last credit was for an episode of City on the Hill in 2022, right now. He has some work coming up, uh, Polybius and The Collected. He was inducted into the Fangoria Horror Hall of Fame. That's not easy to say. Mm -mm. In 2010. Well, there we go. So the people from Fangoria want to recognize this guy from his uh, lower budget, maybe not so popular horror movies, but recognize him for the work he's done. Night of the Creeps I've heard of. I want to say I heard... uh, uh, Mark. I thought Mark has mentioned that before. Maybe. Yeah. Stacy Nielkin. Nelkin, I'm sorry. After Halloween 3, her most notable role was playing Christy Russell on the show Generations in 1990. Uh, she recently was in something called The Shed. Not too sure about that. And has a movie in post-production called Quake-asaurus. That sounds like a sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh, it sounds like something Run For Your Lives would cover. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Dan O'Herlihy, after Halloween 3, he continued to act until 1998, appearing in popular 80s movies like RoboCop 1 and 2, The Last Starfighter, and he had some recurring TV roles in 1990s on Twin Peaks and The Pirates of Darkwater. I don't remember The Pirates of Darkwater. Sadly, he passed away in 2005. Yeah, but a fantastic career. I think he had over 130, 140 credits. Yeah, uh, I, and he was easily the best actor like in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like I never he acted very well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Okay, um at the box office, uh, I mentioned it was released October 22nd, 1982. Estimated budget was about 2.5 million and it grossed about 14.4 million in the US and Canada. Opening weekend it made a little over 6.3 million, finishing second behind an 80s action classic. Jamie, what do you think finished first that week? Oh, 1982? Uh, it starred Sylvester Stallone. Are we talking, are we talking Rambo? Yes! First Blood! <laughs> First Blood came out the exact same week as Halloween 3. Wow, And it actually just beat it, only by a couple hundred thousand. So it wasn't like... Wow. Yeah. So pretty cool. Yeah, can you believe it? Oh, and I think overall, I don't have this down, but I think uh, Halloween 3 was like the 59th top grossing movie of 1982. Um, but I didn't not actually put that for... in there. But, um, no, no, not if you think about it. All right, well, uh, it's time for our closing and send-off. Just a reminder, please rate and review the podcast to help us grow. The more ratings and reviews the podcast has, the higher we get up on search list. So please do if you haven't. It would be greatly appreciated. And if you'd like to recommend us to any of your 80-loving friends, we are on Apple and Google Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Audible, pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. And they can listen also at www.watchitin80spodcast.com. Also, if you want to provide any feedback, you can do that a few ways. You can email us at watchitin80spodcast at gmail.com. You can send a written email or actually record yourself and send me the file, and I'll play it right on the podcast. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at Watched in the 80s Podcast, and on Twitter at WIIT 
80s podcast. I put out teaser posts, and you just go ahead and put your comments in there, and I work that into listener feedback. Uh, and please check out the other podcasts on the Pirate Core Entertainment Network, Adrenaline Cinema Podcast and the Run for Your Lives Podcast. On Run for Your Lives, they are, are finished by the time you're listening to this, uh, they will have just put out It from 2017, It Part 2. Actually, did that come out later? Or, uh, 2017. Oh, gosh, I don't know when that came out, if it came out in 2019 <laughs> or not. Anyway, Part 1 was in 2017, and now they're covering It Part 2. Um, which probably came out a few years a few years later. You want to talk about Adrenaline Cinema? Adrenaline Cinema podcast. Um, they are currently re- either just released or releasing Speed. That's I know that's in the works. And then Mark and I are actually going to record Jason X this week, so that should be coming out hopefully before Halloween. If you need some more uh, cheesy horror movies to talk about, not particularly good, but lots of fun. <laughs> And I need to somehow check out Jason X and get in feedback for that because I feel I feel obligated since you and I covered this Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's got. I know. I know you've been got, looking forward to it for a while. So it's got my favorite death scene of the entire series. But it's not a good movie. But it's so much fun. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, hopefully, uh, listeners check that out. So you can hear Jamie there. And also, don't forget, Podcastica, I'll have the link in the show notes uh, so you can listen to her uh, Sandman coverage. And if you like Mark and I, we also have a, we cover um, Invincible, the adult cartoon on um, Amazon Plus or Amazon Prime, uh, if it ever comes back for a season two, which was supposed to be this year, but hasn't happened yet. Oh, you? Oh, okay. It hasn't, it's not coming back yet. Not yet. Yeah, they said they they announced seasons two and three. It just hasn't happened yet. Oh, okay. And that was on panels to pixels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I should put that in the show notes too. I don't very often talk about yeah. Mark's panels to pixels, but that is Mark's. Uh, I would call it his main podcast because it's been around for many many years. Very cool. So they can check you out there. And next on Watch It in the Eighties, I'm not a hundred percent sure what's going to be next. It could finally be Rain Man that was supposed to come out a while ago. Uh, I just, it's scheduling with my friend Andy. Um, just, it's sometimes it's tough. If it's not Rain Man, you know, it'll be something else, but I'll definitely have something out in a, in a couple of weeks. Getting, getting back into every couple of weeks here. So after my time off, uh, thanks for, thanks again, Jamie, for coming, for coming. Yeah. Thanks oh. again, Jamie, for coming. <laughs> thanks for having me. This is always a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. This was a fun one to revisit. And um, thanks for listening to Watch It in the 80s. And I hope you enjoyed us covering Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I'm Damien. And I'm Jamie. And until next time, remember you watched it in the 80s. And you can watch it now. Have a happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Have a happy Halloween. Silver Shamrock. Da-da-da.